Okay, and to start out, just notice the contact of your back with the mat that you're lying on. And just see where your attention goes first. Is there an area that draws your attention, or is it more spread out all along your contact? If you bring your attention to the back of your pelvis on the left side and on the right side, do you notice any differences there? And then if you bring your attention up to your two shoulder blades, kind of a parallel to the two sides of the pelvis, what do you sense in the contact of the two shoulder blades? Are these rhetorical questions, or are we supposed to answer those? You can answer them, but to yourself. Okay. However, if you feel uncomfortable in any way, then you should verbalize it and let me know, and we'll come up with a, a little change. But yeah, when I ask questions, otherwise it's just a way to draw your attention towards something. So feeling these four locations of the left side and the right side of the pelvis and the left and right shoulder blade, then sense the whole a field of breathing that's happening all along your back. In those four areas and then between them where there's the backs of the ribs and the spine. And you might notice the breathing through slight changes in pressure against the floor. And then we'll add in a little bit of uh, uh, directionality to it. So if, if you imagine your whole backside as being a little bit expandable, then as you inhale, See if you could sense that whole area from the low back up between the shoulder blades, the whole area that you feel contact with the floor, expanding very slightly as if, it, as if you were expanding a balloon. And then take that same image of a balloon and bring it to the front side. It's probably a little more familiar to feel that expansion of breath happening in the front of the torso. And then see if you can bring an image of both sides in mind as you do it. 
And the, this expanding breath can be very gentle. We're more interested in the quality of the sensation and of the image than we are in, in a large breath or a large movement. And now if you add in your sides as well, the sides of the rib cage, the whole side of your torso on the left and the right. Now as you inhale and exhale, using that image of a balloon expanding in all directions, and then maybe gently decreasing in volume as you exhale. Bring your attention up into your face and your jaw. Just notice if there's any residual feeling of work happening there. You might kind of open and close your jaw a few times. Like, ah. And the tongue and the eyes. And take your jaw a little bit side to side a few times. Just sometimes there can be a lot of leftover sensation or muscular work happening in the face. And gently begin to roll your head left and right. And again, now, now in movement, noticing the left side and the right side. So we can notice that sidedness in stillness, like the left and right side of the pelvis, but also in movement as you roll your head a little bit left and right, noticing how is it on this side, how is it on that side? Does it feel a little easier going one way than the other? And what I'll suggest is that if there's one side that feels like you can't go quite as far on that side, and that's the case for many people, only go that far on the other side as well. So it's symmetrical. It might be kind of a small head rolling movement, but you really attend to the feeling of weight shifting at the back of the head, the rotation of the vertebrae in the neck. And now can you bring a little bit of your attention back to that full breathing in the torso as you continue to roll your head? Okay, and you can let your head rest in the center. And now 
um, begin to spread your fingers very wide and then let them contract toward each other. Away, so you, you end up with a pulsing movement. The spring, fingers pulse out wide and then they contract back toward each other as if you were going to grasp the rim of a wine glass or something like that. So it's not turning into a fist. The fingers stay separated, but they come toward each other. So another image would be like a jellyfish. See if you can find a pulse or a rhythm that feels workable for you. And as you continue to do this movement, I want you to feel slash visualize that the bones of the fingers go all the way down to your wrist. So as the fingers spread, you feel how broad the palm can become as well. Again, maybe noticing any differences on the left and the right sides. And then checking back in as you continue to spread and then pulse the fingers, checking back in with your breathing. Okay, and then pause and take a rest for a moment. In in these lessons, you're you're always welcome to rest, even if I haven't suggested that you rest and I'll suggest it from time to time. And the rest is not only just to pause from the movement, but also to give your nervous system a chance to integrate what you've been doing. It's a little bit like we need to sleep at night when we do unfamiliar movements. It's good to rest and let them integrate. You think about a baby or a toddler, of course, they need to rest all the time because the nervous system is constantly being asked to find, to find new neural connections in movement and in sensation. We can continue to intentionally do that as adults. So bring your two hands onto your belly so that you could touch, touch them together and with your left hand take a hold of your right thumb 
down at the base of the thumb and just start to move that bone that's in the palm, the thumb bone that's in the palm of your hand. Move it around a little bit, forward and back, and maybe taking it in a little bit of a circle. You can feel that joint that meets the first digit of the thumb. And then move in and feel the flesh that separates the thumb and the index finger a little bit on that side. And then continue to move over and feel the index finger bone that's inside of your palm. And notice, notice the three little bones that are in your index finger. The large one that extends from the joint at the, at the top of the palm, and then this middle one, and then the tip of the finger that is really its own little bone. And from there, move over to your middle finger and just do a similar exploration, exploring not just the bones of the finger, but also the bone in the palm that is the root of that finger. And again, the three bones that are in the finger itself. And you can articulate those joints a little bit by you know, pushing on it a little, straightening the whole finger back and forth. And then go over to your ring finger and same exploration there. And can you then take a little bit of your attention back to your breath at the same time? So the mind is in the hands that have so many neural connections, the hands and fingers, but also resting in the rest of the body that's in contact with the support of the floor and the breathing. And lastly, over to the pinky. And feel how that the side of your palm is really part of the root of the pinky there. Okay, and now bring your hands, That you, you can leave your hands on your belly or bring them back to the floor, wherever feels restful. But once again, check in with your full balloon-like breathing in the torso. And just notice the difference in sensation in your two hands. 
having explored the right one with the left so thoroughly. And begin to do that jellyfish-like movement of the hands. Really spreading the fingers wide so that like in a flat plane, the thumb and the pinky get as far apart from each other as they're going to get. And then grasping the rim of a wine glass and apart again. So you're forming a little pocket with your palm and spreading them wide. Okay, and then let your hands come to rest and pause for a moment. As you check in with your breathing, See if you can add in to the sensation of breathing a feeling of lengthening in the spine. So it's really just a thought. It's just a, a thought and a little bit of a feeling that as you breathe, the distance between, let's say, the crown of your head and your tailbone gently lengthens. And we could work with length through any part of ourselves, but I think the, the core of it is always going to be lengthening the spine. And if you just give the slightest inclination of tucking your chin toward your collarbones and then let it go just feel how that slight movement lengthens the back of the neck. So you don't want to go into any kind of forcible movement or uncomfortable stretch, but just the, the gentlest indication to the spine of lengthening. Okay, and now bring your attention back to your hands and without doing the movement of spreading the fingers, just bring that back to mind, the, the possibility of spreading the fingers. And now I want you to, as best you can, to transfer that, the feeling of that capability to your feet. So if you just imagine that you were to put your hands on your feet such that the thumbs lined up with the big toe and the pinkies lined up with the little toe, that you could spread the bones of your feet and your toes in the same way that you 
are spreading the palms and fingers of your hand. And now go ahead and start to do that. Spreading the toes and then relaxing them and coming to rest. Okay, and then what if we make a a parallel movement with the feet so that one end of the movement is having the toes spread as far as they can go and the other end is tucking them in toward the sole of the foot. So kind of scrunching up the bottom of the foot. Good. And then letting it go and spreading the toes as much as you can. The bony structure of the feet is very similar to that of the hands, except that the amount of bone that forms the toes is, of course, smaller than the fingers. But each toe has a root bone in the sole of the foot. So just like with the hands, imagining the fingers going all the way to the wrist, you can imagine and feel the bones of the feet being wide not just at the toe, but also in the, the meteor part of your foot. And if you've been doing it just on one side, try it on the other side as well. Noticing any differences between the left and the right. And check out some differences, like how wide can you spread your toes if you keep them on the ground? How wide can you spread them if you lift the ball of your foot a little bit to spread them? And can, I, can you bring uh, uh, your awareness of your ankle joint into the picture as well? Okay, and take a pause and rest. So the reason that I'm bringing in this movement of spreading the bones of the feet is that I think it's very, very helpful with balance issues to have a sense of the skeletal complexity of the feet. So the feet 
we, we tend to feel them just as these kinds of bricks that are down in our shoes somewhere that we it's sort of just either flat on the ground or lifted. But in fact, the feet have a lot of possibility for movement in them. So we're aiming for a self-image of the feet being both wide and flexible. Uh, an image that I thought of that I use myself sometimes is thinking of your feet like snowshoes, that they're actually very wide and long. Start to do a movement where you lift your heels and then place the heels down and lift the balls of the feet. And go back and forth like that, feeling the range of the ankle joint in front and back. Maybe working with the snowshoe image or just an image of your feet being larger than they actually are. And now let's go for a side-to-side -side movement of the ankle. So um, you guys are doing some nice rotational movements of the ankle. And now bring, the, bring your feet back to the middle and place them on the floor and just start to take your knees a little bit left and right. So they both go a little bit left and then they both go a little bit right. And feel how this movement arrives at the ankles. Okay, and now keep your knees in the center and see if you can do that side-to-side -side movement of the ankles without the knees moving so much, but with the feet staying on the ground. So you're really looking for kind of lifting the inner edges, yeah. So just by lifting the edges of the feet in and out, can you get that side-to-side -side articulation of the ankle? Again, keeping in mind an image of the foot being wide and not just wide, but filled with these five bones that reach out to form the toes. Okay, and pause for a moment, take a rest.
Notice your whole self in sensation as you're resting with maybe the breath as a, a kind of anchor for that. And now, draw your left knee up toward your chest so that you could take a hold of it with your hands around the outside of the knee. Just see if that's comfortable, good. Okay, and then let the knee straighten your elbows and then bend your elbows and draw it in toward your chest. And as you do that a few times, just a comfortable amount, it doesn't need to be a big, big effort either way. Feel the front of your left hip joint. And you sense how that angle becomes tighter and tighter as the knee comes toward your chest. Okay, good, and then let the left leg down and bring the right knee up. And explore on this side, closing the front of the right hip joint and then letting it out. Can you check in with your breathing as you also do this larger movement? and you can let your leg down when you've explored that as much as you'd like. And let's we'll stick with the right side. Um, <clears throat> move your, bring your right foot out a little bit further to the side. Good, and just begin to push through your right foot and heel. Put a little push through there and then let it go. See if you can keep your, the whole sole of your foot on the ground as you push through, but maybe emphasizing the heel a little bit more than the forefoot. And after each push, let go completely so that the effort completely subsides. There's a, a brief interval of rest, and then you push again through the right foot. And as you do that, see if you can notice that when you push through the right foot, the back of the pelvis lightens on the right side and maybe gets a little heavier on the left side. And if it sounds comfortable and approachable for you, you could push a little bit more so that your pelvis, the front of your pelvis, starts to turn toward the left a little bit. 
And if that doesn't make sense to you, then just keep, keep with a smaller amount. Now, as you continue to do this movement, can you go back to the feeling of a wide right foot? That there's, there's that large area of support in the right foot available to push through to move this larger part of yourself toward the middle, the pelvis. Okay, and then pause and take a rest. And notice any differences that you sense between your right leg and left leg, having done the pushing from one side but not the other, around the hip joint, or if you were to sense the feeling of length in the two legs, is there any difference there? And then begin to push through the, the left foot And in fact, this time, let's make a change. So let your right leg go long on the floor. And you can put your left foot where you'd like for it to, where it feels the easiest to push through. And then try pushing through the left foot. Again, looking for that feeling of width present in the heel, in the ball of the foot, in the toes resting between each iteration of the movement. Good. And noticing if that pushing through the left foot shows up, not just at the back of the pelvis, but a little higher up in the ribs. When the pelvis moves and it asks the spine to move, the the low back, the lumbar spine, does that then ask for a little bit of rotation in the rib cage? Maybe just a hint. 
Okay, and then pause when you've checked that out as much as you'd like and take a rest. Okay, and have your left leg go long and your right one standing. And now um, we'll, we'll make a, a fuller, larger movement. So I'll describe it first, and then you can go into it. So you'll, you'll take your right knee up toward your torso, toward your chest, and then bring it back so that your foot comes back to the ground, and then push through the foot. Okay, so bring your knee up toward your chest, and then let it go back down and push through the foot and heel, seeking some turning of the pelvis toward the left. Then let the pelvis back down, bring the knee up. And see if you can do this movement not so much as an exercise, it's not just doing it for its own sake, but that you're keeping your self-image in mind as you do it. So when the knee comes toward the chest, can you imagine your whole femur tilting up? Can you, this, this juicy combination of imagining and feeling what's going on. Okay, and, and then switch to the other side and start to do this sequence of movements on the left. Of course, pausing to rest if you'd like in between or at any point. And lastly, can you stay with your breath a little bit as you do this? Noticing if you start to hold your breath here or there, or if a feeling of effort comes into the breath. Continuing to have a sense of width in the left foot or in the two feet. Maybe checking in with the sensations in the hands if it helps to feel and check in with how wide the feet can be. Okay, and then pause and rest. You can have your legs either long or standing 
as is more comfortable for you. in a moment we'll come up to standing but before we do that just check in again with the sensation of contact that you have through your back with the floor if you can recall any particulars from the start of the lesson you can compare how does the back of the pelvis feel the shoulder blades maybe the overall sense of contact with the floor or supportedness. And keeping this sense of self-awareness in sensation and breath and movement as much as possible. It's never perfect or complete, but with that kind of self-awareness, slowly start to roll to one side and come to sitting and then up to standing. And 